Welcome to LifeBeat. I am your host today, Chris Gass. With me is Anna Visser and Emily Crawl. Our titles will go unmentioned. They're long and confusing. Long and confusing. Right today. They're slashes. This is our third or fourth attempt, but we're fine. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today. Um, so there's a wee bit of news in the early morning for our snowy, slippery drive-in. Uh, Planned Parenthood, the Michigan ACLU, and a few other people have filed a piece of paperwork with the Bureau of Elections in Michigan to create a constitutional amendment uh, to uh, essentially allow unlimited abortion in Michigan. And if they are successful, they need to collect uh, over 400,000 signatures. They will put this on the ballot in November 2022. And if they're successful, this amendment will be enshrined into the Michigan Constitution with only a majority vote, which I always think is kind of weird, but Michigan is Michigan. So, all right, moving on? No? No. I don't think (laughs) there's anything else to talk about for that. A fair word of warning. So if you're a podcast listener regularly, we're going to be talking about this a slight amount of the time from now until November. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, where to begin, actually? There's so much to talk about. Uh, why don't we start with, well, let's start with our initial reactions. Like, I'll go first. So yeah. I was in, I was stuck on the S-curve in Grand Rapids, <laughs> and there's a 15-car pileup. Uh, traffic was not moving. Is everyone I already, okay? I hope so. Every, I don't know. I didn't have time to check the news because I'm sitting there in the traffic jam, like, oh, I might as well check my email since I'm supposed to be in the office right now, and... It's already been a heck of a day, and it's only 8.45, and oh, look, it's here. It's getting better. Something that we, what's getting better? Your day. Oh, yeah. It is. Because Right Side Michigan has been around since, in some form, for 50 years, more than 50 years, and we have kept the pro-life movement strong and effective in Michigan, and it's all been building up to this moment in this fight, so... I'm pumped. Oh, I think all of our reaction was not surprised. We were just kind of waiting for it. Uh, it uh, yeah, that's true, but kind of, uh, so you're, you're just nonplus, like it is what it is? Well, I wasn't exactly expecting it today. You know, I was expecting, well, a, a chill podcast, you know, it's the weekend. Wasn't so it, you're in TGI, I wasn't, TGIF no, I wasn't mode. expecting it exactly today. But in the grand scheme of things, I think we were not so surprised. No, it's, we've been expecting something like this. I think, I know for me, I was expecting it maybe once we knew what the Supreme Court was going to do with the Dobbs case, simply because ballot initiatives, like, it's, it's, it's an expensive process, and especially with the, the abortion movement and how they're going to be going through this, all of the organizations behind this have a lot of money behind them. They've got a lot of big name backers behind them. So this is going to be an expensive proposition for them. They're probably going to be throwing dollar bills up in the wind and hoping to buy signatures. And so I was expecting it maybe after we knew what the Supreme Court was going to do because why, why waste the money otherwise? But 
Um, I think they've seen the writing on the wall that even if they don't, the Supreme Court doesn't reverse the Dobbs case, or doesn't reverse Roe with the Dobbs case, that it's going to be coming down the pipeline. So um, I wasn't surprised, but my initial reaction was, you know, because I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, um, <laughs> I had a Gandalf the White moment, all right? Just prepare for battle. <laughs> yeah, we're ready for it. So this is my this is my work anniversary. I've been here for 14 years, and not a week has gone by that this eventuality hasn't been discussed or thought about or reflected upon. And so, I, it, it came sooner than I than I thought. So, but I mean, again, that's just the product of all the work of electing pro-life presidents, getting justices on the Supreme Court, uh, getting them to the point where they feel threatened enough that they have to do this. And the timing is curious. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. So what they might have done is waited for Roe versus Wade to be overturned and then simply repeal our law. But for whatever reason... They don't um, want any gap in there of Michigan having no abortions, though. So I feel like it makes sense. I, that's true. I would think they're using this as more of a motivation for getting out to vote in November. It's a midterm election. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of excitement for President, President. Joe there's, Biden. Bro, there's not a lot of a, a lot of movement happening. So everyone is expecting this to be a down year for the more pro-abortion well, side of the spectrum by bringing this onto the Michigan ballot. I think they might be trying to generate some motivation. I'm hoping it doesn't work out that way, but. And I feel like I've heard different things throughout the months of some people think this is going to drive voters and other people think that they're hyping it, to, hyping it up too much and people don't actually care that much about it. Like it's not their number one reason for voting. It's not their number one topic or issue that they're worried about. It generally isn't. Right. So I feel like I've heard different things of like, will the Michigan voters care? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, what we've seen is in the last few months, they've tried to really, you know, promote all off the Texas stuff. But as some uh, very Democratic commentators have pointed out, like, this is not working for us. Right. And, you know, we've noticed with Planned Parenthood in the last few years, their rhetoric, you know, was always, you know, talking about abortion through euphemism. And then they kind of went through a stage of, you know, you know, shout your abortion. But, I mean, lately it's all the, you know, the intersectionality. We haven't heard that word in a while, actually. Uh, just like talking about all these other issues. And so even with their announcement today in the media, um, they weren't talking about abortion. They were saying, oh, this will be about protecting birth control mm -hmm. and and childbirth and, you know, preventing women from being uh, prosecuted for miscarriages. Because they know abortion isn't enough. Right. So they're already, you know, trying to soft sell it, but they're trying to go for it all, it seems like. Now, we haven't seen the language yet, so how the process works is they have to file paperwork with the Bureau of Elections. As I mentioned, um, their specific uh, wording has to get approved so that they can create a petition. The reason that you know they do that is the petitions have to be checked by the Bureau of Elections, and um, if you don't get pre-approval, then you know they could say no to your petition, and then you did all that for nothing. 
So they filed it, the Bureau of Elections at their next meeting is going to take it up, and then they got to go through the process of getting all the petitions printed. Um, so it's going to be, you know, weeks here for them to get rolling, uh, but then they're going to have 180 days to gather the signatures. You know, they're going to have to gather probably five, 600,000 to make up for, you know, people tend to really, <laughs> really do bad work in signing petitions, um, you know, at least a 10% failure rate, even more if you pay signature gatherers, which pretty much everyone except for Rights Life Michigan does. Um, and right now they got to work through the winter and then they got to work through COVID, uh, but they have the money to do it. Um, so uh, the 180 days, once they get rolling, they'll probably be done early, but kind of puts them into submitting the signatures about when Roe versus Wade is overturned. If the Supreme like Court's going to follow goal, through in which June. Which would be their goal, because if Roe versus Wade is overturned, then they can say, look, it's on the Michigan ballot, vote right. for it. But it's very interesting right. that it, it wasn't just a, you know, repealing our law, which they could have done with a lower signature threshold. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to basically repeal every pro-life law. Yep. Which is gonna, which is a harder sell because you know, the proposal is going to re-legalize partial birth abortion. Yep. Going to uh, probably, well, probably I've seen language, but probably it's going to get rid of parental consent for teens. It's going to get rid of abortion clinic regulations, probably waiting periods, It'll... even minute stuff like ultrasound requirements. Uh, our abortion prepayment prohibition. So you can't charge women for an abortion up front. So if they change their mind, you can steal their money down the road. On top of that, allowing for tax funding of abortion again. So it could, yeah, it could affect our, in yeah, yeah, it could affect Which our, that. Is an interesting angle to take because I feel like extreme pro-abortion people might love this, but the middle is, right. you know, they're, they're going to lose the middle. Right. They're Mi hoping they've got enough on the edges. Because they've been losing the middle, especially with the shout your abortion stuff. Mm. They've been losing the middle. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. They aren't. They aren't always tactical wizards. You know, they don't always make the best decisions. But uh, you know, they're kind of backed into a corner because of the situation, because of the Supreme Court, which we put in effort, because of our old law, which we put in effort to defend at the ballot box in '72 successfully. And every year since, mm -hmm. and so you know, when you take away a lot of, take away all their good options, you know, from mm -hmm. their perspective, they have to pick their. The, this must be their best bad option. So, we have to make sure it stays a bad option. Um, you know, they've been promoting this. Uh, their what do they call it? The Reproductive Health Act. The HRA. R. They call it R R R H A. R H A. Okay. Sorry, different um, one. <laughs> There's a lot of. Them. Initials right, and which which would basically you know repeal all of our pro-life laws in the state, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure the constitutional amendment will be uh, along those lines. Um, you know the scenarios that you can come up with that it would allow. You know, it's important. You know, people. You know, a super majority of Americans don't like late-term abortions. Super majority of Americans don't want to pay for abortions, you know. They don't think that teens should be able to have, you know, secret abortions that their parents don't even know about. They think it um, should be rare. Yeah, the mushy middle really does believe, you know, the mushy middle kind of is very, um, I don't want to say swayed, but, you know, the, the, they're very warm to the whole safe, legal, and rare thing. Mm -hmm. And this is a, you know, 30,000 abortions is not nearly enough. We want it all. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be extremely difficult for them. You know, I but saw we have to make it difficult. in a quote today from a pro-abortion organization, they keep the safe and legal, and they just took out the rare. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're making money off it not being rare. Right. So I just thought it was funny, though, because they they simply kept it how it is, but just took out the rare. Yeah. Uh, well, not even safe now with the at-home abort. You know, we yeah. don't care. Just legal. Just legal. Just, just legal. legal. Um, and expensive. Legal and expensive. And expensive. That yes. should be their motto. Yeah. So the, so the money angle, as Emily mentioned... Uh, ballot, you know, ballot drives. These usually take five, ten million. Who, who knows what it could see in in this one? But uh, and that's most of that money is spent on advertising. So uh, if they are successful in collecting signatures, you're going to see a ton of that. Um, one wrinkle to it, you know, besides the fact that they can call up Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and you know get money. Uh, oh, I was thinking, you know, we should talk to Elon Musk, you know. Yeah, we... Elon Musk, I have no idea what his position on abortion <laughs> yeah. is, but he's all about, like, we need more people. Yeah. You know, we're in a demographic death spiral. Hey, Elon, you know, a great way to have more babies is to not, you know... Kill them. ...re-legalize he, partial birth abortions. Surely you would agree with that. his position on it? Well, not that no. I'm aware of. He probably is, he strikes me as the kind of guy that really doesn't want to get into it. But yeah. Yeah. just saying, Elon Musk, if you happen to be listening, you know, if Help you want to drop us. $50 million for advertising, you know, we would accept that. Uh, we would accept a couple thousand dollars from Elon Musk. Well, we'll We're accept, not going to be picky. We'll accept, well, yeah, we'll, we'll accept anything. So, yeah, you're, there's going to be a lot of money. But one thing that did strike me is, you know, 30,000 abortions, multiply that by at least 300, 400, $500 per abortion, you know, and it's kind of in a grotesque way that, you know, the dead unborn are funding their ballot drive because they have the money because of all the abortions they provide. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Emily's going to do some I got my calculator. Math. The average cost of a first trimester abortion is $500. Something like that. It's about 500 That's what I'm using. It's a nice round number, and it's large. Yeah, so it's $15 million a year the abortion industry makes in Michigan from doing abortions. So in addition to all the government funding that they manage to find ways to get. Um, so, yeah. So you're going to have a lot of money. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of money, too, hopefully. But we have people power. Yes. We have the everyday citizen of Michigan who knows that abortion is bad for our families, it's bad for our economy, it's bad for our state, and that it needs to stop. Yeah, and I should point out that we have a ton of experience in this. You know, some of the reporters are like, are you going to oppose it? Well, yeah. But, like, what's what's your plan? Like, well... You take it to the people. That's what we've always done. So just a brief history. In 72, we defeated an effort to legalize abortion. Um, we did that through massive grassroots outreach. In 1988, we passed a lot of banned tax funding of abortion, and they tried to chal- They took that to the election to challenge it. We beat them on that. Um, in 98, they tried to legalize assisted suicide. And that one, we started way down in the polls, but we, after an extremely effective advertising campaign, 
we just rolled them. It was, you know, 70 to 30. Um, and the, even the polls had us, had us winning by the end, but we just blew the polls away. So just based on our past experience, and we, in 2008 we did it with stem cells. You know, we lost narrowly uh, for them to put stem cell research into the Michigan Constitution. So you think about that. They, they almost lost that. And that was in the height of the whole hype about stem cells, and they had a ton of money backing that. I think they outspent us something like two to one. Um, this is going to be a much tougher sell for them. And so basically our experience is, you know, we have a giant grassroots army. Uh, we make really effective advertising. We take the, you know, we take the message to the people and the people respond. The polling always has us losing badly and it's the end of the world and you guys don't have a snowball's chance and in hell michigan and, and actually, then we have actually a snowball has a really good chance yeah. in, in hell michigan right today it's That's probably true. pretty cold it's pretty cold on the west side here um so uh you know we've, we feel pretty i would say we feel pretty good about our our fighting chances and that's been our experience and you know, we're not deterred, you know, like in 98, when we're down 20, 30 points in the polls, you know, we just laugh it off and then we win at the ballot box 70 to 30. You can take your polls and shove it. Yeah, we, we pro-life people are used to having to persevere. It's taken us 50 years to get to this point and we're going to keep on Longer going. Longer than all of us have been alive. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So anything else we wanted to talk about? I mean, you're going to be hearing more about it. Once we can see what they're actually proposing, um, and then uh, where we go from there, you'll hear plenty more about this. Uh, we have a press release that you know is going out today, and you know you will not have a lack of information from us on yeah. this topic. And if you want updates intermittently, not just on the podcast, we're always posting on social media, so it'll pop up there when there's new information, um, and just. Stay tuned, because this is going to be a long one, and we're going to fight it out. This is our next 10 months? Yeah. Prepare right. for battle. Again. <laughs> again. Up, guys. again and again. All right. Well, to shift gears a little bit, you, you we don't have a segment for things pro-abort say. We do have things sadly. that they do, though. We have things that they do, though, as a perfect example of even, you know, as it is now, how hard it is to you know, regulate the abortion industry with yes. trap laws, as they call them. Oh, trap. goodness. Trap Don't laws. Don't trap us. Well, one trap law that they like to use, and it's something that would be repealed if they get rid of Michigan's uh, parental consent laws, is, of course, having a parent of a minor say, hey, I, one, wanted to know that my kid wants an abortion, and two, I have to give permission for that. And a lot of people in the abortion industry say, well, it's an unnecessary hurdle, and it puts teenage girls in danger to have to get consent from their parents. Which, I'm pretty sure we've already talked about this a couple weeks ago, but any medical thing, medicine, doctor's appointment, your parents know about. So it's like... You can't go on a field trip. Right. You can't leave the building. <laughs> you can't watch a movie in class without their permission. So it's like... Why do they want every other medical procedure to be have consent? And this and abortions are medical procedures with quotation marks, but they can't have consent. I'm gonna pull a precedent by near abortion is not a legitimate medical procedure. Anyway, continue. True story. Um, so 
And we have, a, it's a news story that recently came out of Indiana. It's an example of why parental consent laws are, are a good thing and why we need them. And I almost sounded like Bernie Sanders when I said, it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, so out of Indiana, I'm not going to give the guy's name or the school or anything, but there was a high, not a high school, a middle school principal. It's out there if you want it, though. It's all in, it. it's all of the news. <laughs> it's out there. Um, but there was a middle school principal Ugh. who started a relationship with a young girl when she was in middle school, and then it turned into a sexual relationship and continued through her years in high school. Um, she fell pregnant when she was 15, and this man um, drove her into Illinois, into Chicago, to Planned Parenthood to get an abortion. So here we have a case where we have a sexual abuser raping rape. a teenage That's girl, rape. getting her pregnant, taking her across state lines without her parents' knowledge, takes her to Planned Parenthood for an abortion. His name and number and everything are on the Planned Parenthood documentation. Planned Parenthood knew that his name was different than the teenage girl he took into the building. We don't, we don't judge people, even rapists, at Planned Parenthood. No. Really. No, and the crazy he, thing is... I'm pretty is, sure he put his home phone number he where did. his wife lives. Yes, he put his home phone number where his wife as lives. A, as a contact information on Planned Parenthood's paperwork. For a teenage girl he was raping. Yeah, not the brightest bulb on the tree. Um, but then, so Planned Parenthood, they do the abortion. At that point in time, Illinois had a parental notification law. So the Planned Parenthood never followed that law and notified her parents that, hey, your child was in another state getting an abortion that you didn't know about. So there is that, again, Planned Parenthood not complying with the law. Um, and now it's been a few years. This all happened. The abortion took place in 2008. Um, they have just now arrested him. The information came out, the police reports, the documentation from Planned Parenthood, the corroborating witnesses. So he's been charged um, and he's got to go through, through the court of law. But that's just one example. You have a school authority figure raping a teenage girl and it's covered up by the abortion industry. That's why in Michigan we want to protect teenage girls from assault and we have parental consent laws. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> it makes me angry. Um, it makes me very, very angry that they get away with it. Well, there's another story, too. You, oh, get, you get angry about that, too. Let's I, go. It's been a week. It's been a week. So in other ways that the abortion industry gets away with everything. So we had come to light this week because there is a civil lawsuit for medical malpractice, a nurse practitioner in Washington, D.C. at an abortion clinic. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the abortion clinic was. It's like women's health or something like that. But So this is not Maybe even all. a doctor. This is a, a nurse, okay? Um, she decided to perform a second trimester D&E abortion on a 22-year-old woman. So this is innately a dangerous procedure. Nurses are not trained to perform surgery as the principal, uh, no they're not. No, they are not trained and apparently they didn't even have the things, the instruments and the, and the devices available at the clinic to do the procedure. 
um, because she had to drive across this state This is my lines. surprise face, Emily. Wow. So anyway. How could an abortion facility do this? This, this is so uncharacteristic of them. This nurse completely botched the procedure. Um, just a small list of what she did to this young woman. Um, they lacerated cer cervix, a three-inch tear in her uterus, um, massive internal hemorrhaging, uh, an incomplete abortion, so not all of the baby was removed, but on top of that, the baby's skull ended up lodged in the young woman's abdominal cavity. So, tore a hole in the uterus and then shoved the baby's head out of the uterus and into her abdominal cavity. Um, this is the definition of a horrifically botched abortion. So, this nurse decided, uh-oh, everything's gone wrong and I can't take care of it here. So she loaded up the young girl in the back of her SUV, yeah, drove to Maryland yeah. to an OBGYN office where she decided she was going to try and complete the abortion there. All right, so you have a young woman bleeding out on your table. You've torn a hole in her uterus. You've lacerated her cervix. Let's load her in the back of a car and drive 14 miles to an across. Office. And it's not like, it's Washington, D.C. Traffic is Traffic, 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 traffic. So luckily... On top of that, telling her to shut up when she's screaming in yeah, pain. Yeah, she's in screaming car. in pain and bleeding and, the, and shut up, you're fine. So luckily, the young girl's mother was able care, to Care no matter what, Emily. Yeah, care no matter what. Planned Parenthood's motto. if it means smuggling <laughs> you in the back of my SUV. But the, the young woman's mother was able... It was able, a BMW. It was. I think it they was. Drive, they drive expensive they cars. They do drive expensive the Grand cars. The Grand Rapids abortionist has an expensive but, car. Her mother was able to follow the abortionist car all the way the 14 miles. Followed her into the, the office. Mother wasn't didn't freak out and call yeah. 911 when your child was smuggled out of a building. Yeah, hmm. I know I would. But long story short, she the young woman. What's a little hemorrhaging now? What's a little hemorrhaging between friends? <laughs> Big deal. Um, she's bleeding out on the table. Her mother bursts into the room, says, "I am going to call 911." Um, the, the nurse who was performing the abortion said, basically, no, you're not, grabs the phone out of the mother's hands, calls 911, impersonating the mother, uh, gave the ambulance some inaccurate information along the way, um, oh, walks the, walks... I'm curious why she wanted, why she said she's 27. She didn't know... What's the difference? She didn't know the patient who she was performing the procedure on. And you can clearly, if you listen to the recording... You can hear the actual mother in the background being like, my daughter's 22 yeah. after she said she's 27. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know what her plan was. It's ridiculous. But Top staff. Yeah, really great care there. But eventually, um, after the abortionist dropped her on the curb outside of the building um, and walked away, uh, the ambulance was able to arrive, take her, give her extensive surgery and save her life. Um, but now, the victim of this horrendous, I am going to say, it, it's, it's almost attempted murder at this point. Because, come on, you're putting someone in the back of your car and you're smuggling Negligent them. homicide at the least. Negligent homicide at the least. But um, the young woman is suing this nurse practitioner for $50 million for medical malpractice. Um, I think it's $30 million. I think it's 50. Is it? I think it's Continue. 50. It's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Uh, but she's being sued. Um, this will go to the court of law. But the problem is that 
This nurse has not had her medical license revoked. She was able to continue practicing in D.C. and sure, in yep. Maryland yep. for months and months and months and months. There was no oversight from anyone in the abortion industry or the medical industry. And it has taken a civil lawsuit from a young 22-year-old woman who will never be able to have children again to, for this to come to light. Just another day legalized abortion in America and coming soon to a clinic in your town if Planned Parenthood is uh, even more successful. We don't want that in Michigan. We don't want that in the United States. It's got to stop. Welcome to the abortion industry. If you industry. make apologies for that, you are a bad person. Yes. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't, not, you can't say it any clearer. I mean... If you think that's okay, then that is that is a problem with you. And I recommend you fix it. All right? <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about as we head into the weekend? No? All right. Enjoy the snow. Enjoy the snow. Enjoy safe. Stay safe. We'll have plenty of work for you pro-lifers out there in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend.